Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. This is the last book in our Bible. The canon is just about to be closed. And here is a final warning. Verse 10, and he said to me, do not seal up the words of this prophecy of this book for the time is near. That is the prophecy is to be left open for everyone because the time of its fulfillment is near. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. The book of Revelation is a tremendous gift, sharing a look at God's plan for the future, including wonderful encouragement and key warnings for our good. And the fascinating epilogue in chapter 22 offers critical final points. Today on The Verdict, we're exploring the very last chapter of Revelation as we conclude our series. So here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, today is the last broadcast in our series on Revelation. It's been quite a journey, hasn't it? I trust it has been as intriguing and instructive for you as it has been for me. Last time I asked the question, why study Revelation? And we reminded ourselves that in Revelation, there's a great encouragement to persevere and be ready for the imminent return of our Savior. In the book of Revelation, we have the consummation of God's promises at the end of the age. How will things work out? How will human history come to an end? So I thought it might be helpful to review a basic outline of the book so that we see the big picture and think of the fascinating epilogue to Revelation. Jesus is coming and he's coming soon. Let me recap the basic outline of Revelation. What's the basic outline of Revelation? Well, John tells us in Revelation 1, 19, look at this key verse. Write, therefore, the things that you've seen, that's a vision of Revelation 1. The things that are Revelation 2 and 3, the letters to the seven churches. And then those that are to take place after this. Notice the two words, after this. This is the main part of Revelation, comprising chapters 4 through chapter 22. Chapters 4 and 5, we have a door opened into the very throne room of God. Who do we see? We see the Lamb, the only one able to take the scroll, which is sealed with these seven seals. And all of heaven is worshiping the one who's on the throne and also worshiping the Lamb. And then the seven years of tribulation. What's the tribulation? Period of seven years when the judgment of God falls on the world. And that occupies chapter 6 through 18. So you've got this large section. What's the basic topic? The tribulation period. There are seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls. And the seven bowls are the capstone of divine judgment on the earth. They're poured out at the very end of the great tribulation as Christ returns to earth. In spite of all of the judgments of God on the earth, the followers of the Antichrist, the beast, don't repent. They have his mark, 666, and they continue to blaspheme God. The false kingdoms and the armies of the world gather at Armageddon. And then in chapter 17 and 18, we have the great prostitute known as Babylon the Great. What is Babylon the Great? It's a global system, economic, political, and religious 
world system. It's a world government controlled by the beast. It's man's religion. It's man working out, as it were, his salvation, what he thinks. It's man in rebellion against God. And in Revelation 17 and 18, Babylon is utterly destroyed by God. Revelation 19, what happens is the great climax of Revelation. It is the return of our magnificent Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He comes to the earth on a white horse, waging war against all evil. The heavenly armies are with him. The beast, false prophet who oppose him, are thrown into the lake of fire. And the Lamb, the Lamb of God, our Savior, is now the conqueror who judges the world and consigns the beast and the false prophet to their eternal doom. And he institutes his kingdom. So in the first 10 verses of Revelation 20, we have the millennial kingdom. Believers in Jesus Christ, reigning with Christ on earth for a thousand years. At the end of the thousand years, what happens? Satan is released and deceives the nations as they gather for war around Jerusalem. Fire descends from heaven and kills them. And Satan is thrown into the lake of fire where he'll be for all of eternity. In the closing verses of Revelation 20, the unsaved, the unbelievers are brought before God for judgment at the great white throne. And there John records these awesome words, whose ever name was not written in the book of life is thrown into the lake of fire. You say, is God really like that? My, my, my God is loving. My God is kind. My God is also loving. My God is also kind. But the true God, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is a holy God and is a just God. And those who refuse him, those who rebel him, those who refuse to repent are thrown into the lake of fire. And then, as we saw in the last few weeks in Revelation 21 and 22, John describes the new Jerusalem, the eternal dwelling of the people of God. And the beauty and the brilliance of Jerusalem, of the new Jerusalem is described. Don't you find this? I do. Such a great motivation to be faithful to Christ. Don't you find this because we've got this future which will certainly happen. I, I know it's difficult to grasp. I, I know it seems so wonderful. We, we can't get our minds around it. How can we understand eternity? But there it is. God has promised that those who have drunk of this living water of life will be forever with God. That is our future. Heaven is our home. Our home is there. Our names are recorded there. Our loved ones are there. And best of all, our Savior is there. The eternal future of the people of God. Now let's look at Revelation 22 from verse 6 through 21 as we close. I'm going to cover this very quickly because I think we've got most of this. We have the epilogue, the closing part of Revelation 22. Here are the last words of the Bible. And I'll read first of all verses 6 through 9 where John is saying this prophecy of Revelation is absolutely accurate. Revelation 22, verse 6, he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. We keep hearing today about fake news. 
Problem is, we don't know whether it's fake or not. Maybe the guy who's telling us it's fake news is giving us fake news, saying this is fake news. How do you discern it? It's very difficult, isn't it? In, in politics, in business, even in, in speaking with people, who's trustworthy? Who can you depend on? John is saying these words are trustworthy and true. God is attesting to the accuracy of his prophecy. And the Lord, the God of the spirits and of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. This will certainly happen. can absolutely guarantee it. It's trustworthy, it's true, it's coming from God himself. Verse 7, and behold, I'm coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said, you must not do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book, worship God. John is saying what has been revealed now in this amazing book, this apocalypsis, this unfolding of the purposes of God, it will soon take place. And notice, those who keep the words of this prophecy, verse 7, receive a special blessing. I read that in chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And throughout this series, I ask you to stand as we together read the Word of God, who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. We all want to be blessed by God, don't we? Read His Word. Hear His Word. Obey his word, and God blesses you. And what a blessing we often miss because we're not reading and not obeying the word of God. John confirms in these verses that he's heard these things, and he falls down to worship the angel, but he's instructed to worship God. No, the angel is John's fellow servants along with those who keep the words of this book. And then in verses 10 through 15, a final warning is given by the Lord Jesus. As preachers, we're sometimes told, don't be negative, just be positive. Well, that's not biblical, is it? You know that you need warnings, I need warnings. Here is a final warning by the Lord Jesus. This is the last book in our Bible. The canon is just about to be closed. And here is a final warning. Verse 10, and he said to me, do not seal up the words of this prophecy of this book, for the time is near. That is, the prophecy is to be left open for everyone, because the time of its fulfillment is near. Now, not everyone is going to enter the New Jerusalem, verse 11. Let the evildoer still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy. And the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I'm coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay everyone for what he's done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Heard that before? God, who is eternally holy, is coming, and he's coming quickly to reward everyone according to what they've done. 
Don't say you're a follower of Jesus if your life is a total denial of that. Only those who have been cleansed by the blood of Christ will enter the new Jerusalem. Verse 14, blessed are those who wash the robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Unbelievers are eternally excluded from the holy city, the eternal city, the city of God, the new Jerusalem. But here we have an evidence, and I think this is beautiful, of a final invitation. There's going to be a final warning, but here is a final invitation. Verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David. He's David's Lord, but he's also David's son. I'm the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who's thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. What's John saying? John is saying that Jesus is the unique Messiah. He's a root and the descendant of David. He's a bright and the morning star of whom the prophet spoke. And all now are invited to come to the fountain of living water. There is, please hear me, there is no alternative source of eternal life. Do you notice in verse 17, the grace of God? Three times the word come is said. The spirit and the bride say come. The one who hears say come. And let the one who's thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I have to ask you, on this closing message in Revelation, have you drunk of the water of life? Right at the end of God's revelation, there is this glorious invitation from the Spirit and from His bride to come and to drink of the living water of life. There is no other source of eternal life. Who's offering this? Our Lord Jesus Christ, the unique Christ, God's magnificent Son of whom all of the Old Testament prophets spoke, the coming Messiah, the sinless one who comes as the Lamb of God, dies for our sins on the cross, is buried, rises again, triumphant over death, conquers death, conquers sin, is alive, magnificent one, and he's coming again. Yes, I know the world's a mess, but this one and only this one, God's unique son, is coming to put everything right. He's going to rule with righteousness and justice 
and longs for you, who's made in his image, but is turned from him and gone your own way. He longs for you to come. Will you come and drink of this living water? C.S. Lewis in the silver chair writes, Are you thirsty? said the lion. Lion in Lewis, of course, is the picture of, of the Messiah. Are you thirsty? said the lion. I'm dying of thirst, said Jill. Then drink, said the lion. May I? Could I? Would you mind going away while I do, said Jill? The lion answered this only by a look and a very low growl. The delicious rippling noise of the stream was driving her nearly frantic. Will you promise not to, to do anything to me if I do come, said Jill? I make no promise, said the lion. I didn't come and drink, said Jill. Then you will die of thirst, said the lion. Oh dear, said Jill, coming another step nearer. I suppose I must go and look for another stream then. There is no other stream, said the lion. Do you believe that? I believe that. There is no other stream. Do you really think you can ignore the provision of God that God in His grace has devised this magnificent plan of salvation which was perfectly accomplished by His Son, Jesus Christ, who fulfilled every iota of the Old Testament prophecies, who is the sinless Christ, the spotless Lamb of God, shedding His blood on the cross, rising again, and in the power of that indissoluble eternal life, says, come to me. If you're thirsty, come and drink of my living water and you'll never thirst again. For all of eternity, you'll be satisfied. He is the inexhaustible, the infinite God and offers you salvation, forgiveness, cleansing, eternal life, this magnificent future so that you can be and fulfill the purposes that God has for your life, which is not to live your own life, which is not to rebel against God, but rather to turn from your sin and to call out to Christ who will come and save you and transform you and then says, come and follow me. There is no other street. And here in verses 18 and 19, a very serious warning is given to those who will add or take away from this book. No further revelation is to be given. Don't believe someone who comes to you and says he has this private vision, some communication coming direct from God about the future. Don't believe this. All that we need, all that God wants you to know about your future, about eternal life, about heaven, about hell, all that you need is found in this book. The canon of Scripture is closed. Over the years, people have come to me and said to me, God told me to tell you this, John. I said, no, God told you no such thing. No man, however well-educated, however brilliant, can improve on this book, the living Word of God. We are to study it. We are to humbly submit to it. We are to obey it, to drink of these living waters. God is the God of eternity. His word, verse 6, is trustworthy and true. And isn't it wonderful that as we close this series, God's grace is on those who know Christ. He's coming soon. 
How do we respond? We respond with verse 20. Come, Lord Jesus. And so ends this fascinating book of Revelation with a gracious call to come and partake of the water of life and the tree of life. If you delay, if you don't believe, you will be eternally excluded from the eternal city of God. But God's grace comes to you. Revelation begins with grace. Revelation 1 verse 4, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and is to come. How does it end? Verse 21, the last words in the Bible, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. God is a God of grace. He offers you today, this moment, his grace. Receive his grace, however messed up your life is. Whatever you've done, come to Christ and be part of this eternal family. I plead with you. I want all of you to be part of this eternal city, the New Jerusalem. Wouldn't it be tragic that someone sat here today and heard about the eternal city and heard about eternal life, but when they die, they go into eternal judgment because their name is not written in the book of life. Today, trust Christ. Human history is drawing to a close. The time is near. Soon that day will dawn, that eternal day when the bright morning star will appear. Soon all who love Christ will be caught up to be forever with him. And we who follow Christ, don't worry about a nuclear holocaust or an economic disaster or famine or other disaster. No, Jesus is coming soon. That glorious hope motivates us and empowers us to live lives which are shaped by this future. Jesus certainly is coming. Our hope is in him from this time and forevermore. It's been my joy to preach through this book. Thank you for your patience. For some of you, I took so long. For some of you, you wanted me to go further. But I'm the preacher, and I decide. And so now we are closed. But I ask you to keep reading and rereading this book. And I say with the words of Scripture, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. This is The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and the final lesson of our study in Revelation titled, The Time is Near. To revisit any of these messages, just go to theverdict.org. There you can also get your free copy of the brand new booklet John has just released to accompany this final segment in Revelation. It's titled, For the Time is Near, and it's meant to help you explore the key themes and lessons we've uncovered in this fascinating book of the Bible. With helpful timelines and clear explanations of key symbols and Old Testament references, John's booklet will give you helpful context as you read Revelation. So get your copy today by visiting us online at theverdict.org. And if you've been using our Revelation listening guides, you can also download the final PDF to complete your notes. Again, just go to theverdict.org. If you're a regular listener of The Verdict, we want to thank you for joining us. We hope the teaching and resources have blessed you. And we want to invite you to help us reach new listeners by giving a financial gift. Your generous contributions help cover the cost to deliver the truth of God's Word through this radio program to your neighbors, your community, and all around the world. To partner with us today, just go to theverdict.org. Or call us at 833-551-2231. 
And then don't forget to subscribe to The Verdict Podcast, featuring John's weekly podcast exclusive called Avizandum. You'll find us on your podcast app, listed as The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. Now, here's John. Well, what's your verdict? Thanks for listening to these messages on this fascinating book. The canon of Scripture is closed. All that we need to know is found in Holy Scripture. So I encourage you to keep studying the Word of God. Persevere. Keep looking to the Lamb of God, who not only died for our sins and rose again, but is coming soon. Next time, we'll look at the delightful Old Testament book of Ruth. It's a wonderful story, and I know you'll be enriched by joining us. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.